everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Road Trip After Hours. I'm your host, Mac Davis, and along with me is my WWE Hall of Famer co-host, Mr. Teddy Long. Hey, Teddy. Hey, what's going on, player? Not much. Hey, look, I you know I hate to start the show on bad news, but uh, we are a day removed from losing uh, one of wrestling's biggest icons, and and it really heals ever in this business. Teddy, can you tell us a bit more about uh, the man known as the Iron Sheik? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, like you said, uh, I hate to start it off with this, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, uh, with me and the Iron Sheik, it was more than just, you know, a friendship, man. We were real good friends. I got a chance to really know him and to ride with him and and everything back in the day when I was breaking in. Well, let me ask and, you this, uh, Teddy, and I don't mean to cut you off, but let me ask you, just out of curiosity, when did you first meet the Iron Sheik? Uh, well, I started refereeing, I guess, uh, 83, 84, uh, when they brought him in, and I first met him, I was refereeing at the time. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I was wondering what, when you first met him, because at that point of his career, he was still fairly young. Well, he was, I guess, uh, you know, he was maybe still in uh, uh, with Vern Gagne uh, in that territory out there in in Minnesota. So I think that's where he started out at. And uh, then I think they they brought him down. I think he tried to do some work. uh, uh, Somebody else. I I remember something about it. He never told me about it, but I was just going back to what we guys talked about back in the day, you know, how he started and where, you know, in the territories, how he came in. But I remember him, you know, starting with Vern, and uh, putting the ring up, taking the ring down, same thing, you know what I mean? And, you know, doing, you know, all the other stuff before, you know, got his big break. And uh, the other thing I wanted to, you know, say about the Sheik, uh, uh, I, after me and him, you know, got to be real good friends, you know, uh, I had a chance. You know, one thing about Sheik, you know, he was the Sheik. He wasn't, you know, no actor or no character or nothing. It was him. And if you had a bad day, and like I said, a lot back in the day, man, you drove two and 300 miles every night, you know, trying to get to a town. And the next day you're there, you know what I mean? So you got stress on you. I mean, it's it's, it's really bad sometimes. But you could see Sheik and he would come in that locker room and he would light it right up with some big joke or some funny or something to say to somebody. And everybody was for laughing, man. He wouldn't make your day. He was just that. And I never forget one time they brought him back to WWE and uh, they had him cut this promo on Kurt Angle. And brother, we were dying. He told Kurt Angle he was not the real Olympic champion. He had a fraud. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, man. That was some good stuff, too. Oh, it was some great stuff, man. And Kurt was just dying laughing, man. And, 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 you know, it was just great. And then as you know, as we got further down, you know, I was affiliated with a wrestling school there in Morrow, Georgia called yep. Face to Face. And uh, we started training the Sheik's grandson and his son-in-law and it was, you know, and uh, his daughter. And so they came out, you know, and watched it, watched it, you know, their grand, you know, uh, Sheik's grandson trained. And so finally they were able to get Sheik to come out. And I did post that picture on my Facebook yep. that uh, we had a chance to sit there and talk. And I watched him watch his grandson in the ring train. And you could just see the expression on his face, man. That that was like a million bucks to him. So he he he, he was just great. And, and I got to uh, tell you, Teddy, I remember when that happened because uh, you actually uh, 
shot some video with your phone uh, and you sent it to me in a text and and you said, look at this. And you had him sitting right there. I've still got it somewhere in myself. Uh, but yeah, I remember when that happened. And that was the only time I think that I ever even got to see behind the scenes look at the Sheik. Um, beside that, he was always the curly toed heel, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he 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 was he 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 was great. And there's another good story that I'll tell you about him. Uh, one time I was in Atlanta Airport, and I just happened to run into him. So I'm on one side and right there, and he's got he's in the wheelchair and he's got a guy pushing him. So he sees me and I speak to him, you know. But he's wanting to stop and talk for a minute there. But the guy is trying to tell him no, we can't stop. He wants to continue push push the wheelchair. Well, the next thing I know, she turns around and he just starts berating him. Oh, you! Oh, brother, he was just, he cut this promo on him. And I'm like, oh, my God. So they, and I could hear him as they're going down the hallway. And so and I'm still standing in line. And as I'm standing there and I look up and the next thing I see, it's Sheik. He's pushing his own wheelchair. <laughs> the guy left him the guy wouldn't push it no more so he he had to push his own wheelchair so that was hilarious man i have seen video of him hopping up and getting mad at somebody and i mean slapping them and and just really just berating them like just like you're saying because he would just lose his cool really you don't tell the sheik what to do you let the sheik do what the sheik wants to do i, oh, I do yeah. remember in new york in fact that picture was taken with him in new york at uh wrestlecon and yeah. uh, and I remember that same year because I was there as well. Uh, you and I cut a video that same day. He almost ran me over in that little scooter he had. His granddaughter <laughs> was trying to keep up with him, and he was going like a fifty miles an hour, just going. He didn't care who was in his way, and yeah. I happened to be dead center of where he was coming. And I saw him coming, and I imagine I, I jumped out of the way so I wouldn't get hit, and I didn't get mad because it was so hilarious. It was typical chic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, get out the way, Bubba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was saying something like, "Oh, that's about me." He was just going off when he went by. But... <laughs> Jenny, did you ever think that you would see him hit shows like Howard Stern and become such an icon? Really, after the business uh, with him? Well, uh, with she, you just never know. You know, like yeah. I said, she is, she is, she was one of a kind. And if anybody that didn't that was in any kind of entertainment didn't want to talk to Sheik, then there was something wrong with you. Oh yeah. So Sheik was very entertaining. He was a great guy to interview because you know he didn't put on no airs, he didn't fake it, and none of that. He told it just like it was. And so how can you not want to accept the truth? Everybody want to hear the truth. Oh yeah. And that and I mean that I mean maybe some of it you know he a little bit of it he worked what with Hogan and all that yeah. when he was talking about you know how. You know what he's all he's gonna do to him, yep. but you know what I mean. But oh, yeah. you know, but other than that, Sheik was just entertaining. Yeah, I do know that uh, the Sheik and Hogan, and a lot of people think that that was real heat between the two of them. There never really was any major heat between the two of them. The two of them actually were kind of friendly amongst one of each other, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was just to work. <laughs> uh, well, that uh, you know, not really. Sometimes, you know, yep. she, you know, he'd be a little angry oh, yeah. at sometimes. I, I remember one time we was in Atlanta, Georgia, and we was in the Omni there, and I think he was uh, he he was hot with Terry Taylor about something. And oh no, I know what it was. <laughs> they uh, they wanted to, him to do a job that night in the Omni. And so he told him he couldn't do the job until he changed clothes. So he took off his Iranian tights and he put on some other old 
funny tights or something he put on to do that job in. But he told him, him and Terry Taylor had a big argument. He wanted to beat Terry Taylor up. In fact, I, he almost did it. I think they stopped it. Yeah, he was but, a bit uh, of a loose cannon. He was a legit loose cannon if you got him on, in the wrong uh, in the wrong time. He, Oh, oh, him and him and him and Nikolai, they argued all the time. Every day. They come straight out of the ring, come right in the lock. Oh, you're an idiot, Nikolai. Why did you <laughs> oh when, yeah? When was the last time you had contact with him? Because I wasn't even aware that he was uh not doing well. Well, uh, like I said, I saw him at face to face there, and yeah. uh, that was a, and another another thing too that really was had me and him so close. He was close to my family. My wife and him are really great, good friends. God yeah. rest her soul, too. Uh, and, you know, every time she would see him, cheeky baby, you know, and he'd hit her right back. Sister Tasha? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so they were, so they were, they were, they were buddy buddies. And that's, that's another reason why I say I take him yeah. as a real good friend, real close. But I did see him on a couple of signings, uh, uh, somewhere I forget where we were now in New Jersey. I think at the WrestleCon there, mm -hmm. and uh, he was there along with Slaughter. I did see him there, and uh, and I saw him one other place, but he just hadn't been able to get out. You know, his ankles or something had been bothering him and stuff, so it was kind of hard for him getting around. So he really didn't get out much. But when yeah. he did, man, it was all it was just an honor to see him, and he was the same guy, man. I mean, soon as I see, ah, oh, Teddy Long, Godfather. Yeah, I, it, it wasn't too long ago. I thought he put a he made another comment about somebody, and it was typical Iron Sheik. You, you know, he was just laying into him, and it was hilarious. I was like, oh, good, he's still up and around. And then I mean, just seems like just that was the other day, and now he's just gone. And and I hate to see that because he really was when it comes to wrestling icons in our business, especially for people around my age that grew up at a certain time. The Iron Sheik was it. I mean, that's the guy, yeah. the the villain who came in, beat Bob Backlund, and then got beat by Hulk Hogan. And without the Iron Sheik, and he's right, there probably never would have been a real Hulk Hogan like we got. Yeah, well, I think anybody that had a program with the Iron Sheik, you know, without him, they wouldn't have never got over. I, so, I agree. you know, anybody that worked with him, Slaughter, to you, and I, I, I say this all the time, you have to base this on reality. And what better idea than you got the Sheik, who was the original. He's original from Iran. Yes. Now you got him coming in. Now you've got Sergeant Slaughter the, for, for the USA, America, and everybody in America wants to beat Iran, and you got the real deal there. How can you How can you not miss that? That was the money, and Vince McMahon saw that vision. Let me ask you, Teddy. Uh, you know, you just brought up a great angle that from uh, the old days. Could that be done today without offending people? Well, because it seems like they tried it in the WWE with the, uh, oh, what was the guy's name? There's a really good guy. Uh, he played an Arab, um, and he looked the part. He was actually uh, not a, uh, an Arab, but. With Ginger Mahal? No, no. Uh, Hussein, he had a, a name. Kind oh, of you're talking about the kid there that uh, he's an agent now. Uh Backstage now, I, I know uh, Golly, man, I can't call it. Yeah, and I hate that. We're, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name, but I just remember that it was so hot at one time. I, I think the heat actually killed his push, you know, because they were getting too much heat about you know him being in the ring and worrying about his safety. Uh, and, and I hate to see that because that's the really the you know the foundation of wrestling was good versus evil, you know, USA versus a foreign, you know. That's what it was, but I don't think we can pull it off that easy anymore. 
Well, I think you can because they've done it basically with the bloodline, and they and with the bloodline they've also put in the family, so yeah. that you know you can do it. But to, with the bloodline, see, they've taken their time. They hadn't, they didn't rush this. They took their time and they made you know, and and, and they talked about this, and they made sure that what whatever they put out there was going to work. So a lot of times back in the day, things got rushed. So, like I said, times have changed. So I think you could do it right now, especially, I mean, the way the country is now. I mean, oh, yeah. but you just have to kind of tone it down. There's a way to do everything. They make movies all the time. Yeah, and, and, I'm, they, I'm... and they make movies that are related to uh, what's going on in the country, what's oh, yeah. going on in the world. You know, and that's when I think uh, wrestling is at its best is when you're, you know, uh, when what we see on TV or, you know, in the ring is really a reflection of what life is happening in life. That to me is when people really connect with wrestling. It's so. just that simple, man. All right, just Teddy, that simple. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. We got a few questions for Ask Teddy next. Psychoanalysis for today's guest is provided by the International House of Shrinks, serving the collective psyche of our audience for over 14 years. So bring your fears and phobias, hallucinations and delusions to the International House of Shrinks. 15 couches, no waiting. Also brought to you by... Grammar Lessons for today's show was provided by old Mrs. O'Malley, who have been teaching we local citizens how to talk good for more longer than 13 years. Champ tonight, Richie. You're gonna do an hour. I looked at George. I said, I've never done an hour. He said, Don't worry, just listen to Harley. Went out there, did the hour, come back in the locker room, down the stairs, sitting at the bottom. I'm by myself. It's a one hour match. I had all the guys on the way home. Tommy Young opens the door from the top of the stairs. He goes, Hey, Richie. I looked up. I'm so blowed up. I mean, I am just. I look, I go, yeah, Tommy. He goes, Champ says, thanks. You did good, kid. And I, uh, a year later, to the month, Raleigh, North Carolina, I got Harley Race. George Scott says, you're doing an hour Broadway. Now, as I told you, my first one hour Broadway was with Harley Race, right? So I started to think, on some Harley-isms, stuff that he did in the ring. And thank God I did, because the second time, my second one hour, the bell goes ding, 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 I lock up with Harley Race, he looks at me square in the face, he says, kid, you call this one tonight, I'm tired. <laughs> Those days, the heels called the match, right? I've been a bonafide babyface, never said a word, never called a match. I'm in with the world champ for an hour. You called this one tonight? <laughs> My legs with the rubber. After the match, same scenario, sitting in the locker room, down at the bottom of the stairs in the basement. Tommy Young opens the door. Ricky, yeah, Tommy? Champ says thanks, you did good, kid.
Welcome back to Road Trip After Hours. I'm your host, Mac Davis, along with my WWE Hall of Famer co-host, Mr. Teddy Long. And Teddy, holla, holla. it's time now for Ask Teddy. Are you ready? I'm ready, player. Here we go. <laughs> Question number one, it comes from Jeremiah in New York, who asked, during your years in wrestling, did you prefer playing a face or playing a heel? Well, it really didn't make a difference to me. You know what I mean? I just enjoyed doing, you know, what I did. If I, when I was a heel, I enjoyed doing that. And that's all I concentrated on is being that heel. Uh, when I went into being the general manager and I started being the babyface, and that's what I concentrated on being the babyface. But then sometimes being the GM, you have to be a heel too, you know? So like I said, my thing is what I didn't have no preference. Whatever they wanted me to do, that's what I concentrated on doing and tried to do it that, you know, make give it 100%. What did you personally prefer? Did you like being a heel? Was that fun for you? Because, I mean, you know, for a lot of people, and people just like you, me, we can be nice and public, but we'd like to be a heel on somebody once in a while. You know, if you could bring out that inner demon in us, it can come out. And and I always found that fun to play the heel. Well, yeah, I, I really enjoy being a heel. I like talking back to them. You know, somebody give me stuff, give, give me stuff, then I yeah. shout right back at them with some, you know, and it's funny. And to hear some of the comments from some of them, you know, they're pretty rough, <laughs> you know, but that's part of the job. You know Where's what I mean? Some of the- so, What's some of the most heat you ever got in a match? Can you recall a time where you're like, oh, man, we're, we got to tone it down. These fans are getting a little bit overboard now. Uh, golly, and I man. would imagine that would have had from the early days because the fans were different. And that's what the kind of fans you would have to worry about. But uh, and I would imagine with Doom, there had to come times when it got really heated ringside. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that, <clears throat> that's when I that really had a lot of heat there, and especially at the programs that we did with the Road Warriors. Yeah. Uh, boy, I, I, I and then one time I was in Philadelphia, and I popped Paul Ellerin with this big key that I had. But I thought they were going to boo me. They booed him. You know what I mean? So that Philadelphia was a, was like they yep. loved the bad guys. Yep. So, so and that's what really I, I really started acting the food in when I saw they loved it. Uh, so, so. <laughs> it's all, all repetition and learning what works and what doesn't, right? Oh yeah. All right, Kimmy in South Carolina asked, when you were in WWE, did they have classes or someone to show you the way of officiating in the WWE? No. You uh, the the appreciating you on everything you did in the in the in the WWE. Uh, when I went there, I was already had been refereeing in WCW and NWA, so you know I already knew yeah. what to do. But back then in NWA, WCW, wasn't no classes. It's on the job training. You you got in there, either you made it or you didn't. Yeah, but I, I had I, people. I had people like Earl Hebner, uh, Tommy Young. Uh, you know, people uh, Nick Patrick people like that that uh you know really you know helped me out a lot and by the way uh those of you who tuned in to watch the earl hebner episode on our last show of road trip after hours 
Thank you very much. Had like an incredible response with Earl, and uh, we'll have Earl back. Trust me, uh, he's fun to talk with, and I like him those short bits like that because we can talk about it a little bit and get him back every once in a while, make him kind of a semi-regular in the show. But uh, Teddy, here we go. Jen in Texas asks, are you two, <laughs> I didn't see this coming, are you two coming back to Texas anytime soon? Well, I don't know. You never know. Uh, I think uh, Texas style wrestling out there, Dog Pound Championship Wrestling yep. with Rodney Mack and Jazz, they're doing real good out there. And uh, uh, I, you know, if they call me and need me for something, then I'll, you know, I'll be happy to come out there. But right now, you know, I'm involved in a lot of other things. So uh, if we're just meeting Mack and I, we know if they, y'all want to book the road trip after our show out in Texas now, just get in touch with Mack. He'll let you know what to do, and we'll happy to bring the show right to you. Yeah, and that goes for anybody anywhere, by the way, because uh, we do get a lot of people asking about how to get us booked. Just contact me. You can contact us right through my uh, social media page. Go to the direct mail or whatever they call that right there. Send it there. I'll find it, and uh, I'll get back in touch with you because uh, we do do a traveling show that's a lot of fun. It could be a lot of fun for your event and make it even more popular, possibly. Maybe sell you some more tickets. Plus, we promote the living hell out of everything we do, so you know we treat you right. And the uh, other thing, too, not only do we bring the road trip after our show, if there's something that uh, you want me to do at your wrestling event, you know, we can work that out, too. Absolutely. All right. Let's see. Alan from Nevada writes, loved last week's show with Earl Hebner. Well, thank you. We just talked about that. I should have said I'm behind or something here, Teddy. Let's see. And the final one You're we have. <laughs> Freddie in Tennessee asks, who were the biggest crybabies in the locker room? <laughs> and I know look here, I don't care what kind of business you're in, what type, wherever you go, whatever you do, there's going to be some. Uh we had a I, I don't know, man. I think uh, well, Sid wasn't so he was a crybaby, but he wasn't a big crybaby, but he yep. was, you know, kind of wanted everything to go his way. But other than that, you know, Sid was a great guy, but uh he he just kind of spoiled a little bit, you know what I mean? So uh I <laughs> so he kind of got I remember one time me and him was riding along and we got stopped we got pulled over I was driving and they pulled me over for speed no they pulled uh, the Sid was driving and they pulled us over for speeding and he had the nerve to get out of that car and tell the police the only reason the car was speeding was going that fast is because we were going downhill <laughs> 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 oh that's hilarious and he what did the cops say <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> the man just the man just looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ending but, it right uh, there. That's that's a great story to end it on right there. I, that was great, Teddy. Yeah. I appreciate it, brother. I had a lot of fun. By the way, we hope you enjoyed the uh, piece that we just showed you a few minutes ago with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. If you didn't see it, you tuned in late. Go back and see it because it's worth the watch. I'm Mac Davis for Road Trip After Hours along with my co-host, Mister WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long. Hola!